0: Uh, folks, this is The Fundamentalist. This is a podcast uh, that explores whether there is life before death. We're switching it up a little bit. I'm Elliot Morgan. I do comedy both on the internet and sometimes on the stage. I'm here with Peter Rollins. Very occasionally in real life. Very occasionally Not very in real life. often. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. I don't know. It's. It's. I'm a very... You save all the funny stuff from the I stage. Say, yeah, and all the words. I'm a very yeah. silent... I'm basically a mime these days, but yeah. uh, I'm here with Peter Rollins, who's a... Philosopher, sorry, I'm moving a plastic bag out of the way. Uh, you're a philosopher. You're a theologian. You're a writer, and you're a public speaker. Um, and you live in Los Angeles. You're originally from Belfast. I live in Los Angeles. I'm originally from Florida. And today we're gonna switch things up a little bit because last week we talked about um, how to save the world, and it was a very good episode. Did, did you like it? It's one of it was one of my favorites. Was it? Oh, yeah, nice. I really okay. loved it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so that's why you suggested we don't do anything like that yeah. again especially this week mm-hmm, exactly <laughs> okay. oh I understand well, I also that. said oh, yeah, it's yeah. one of my
0: favorites and then you said you liked it and I should have been like no I didn't like it but of what we have it's oh, yeah. one of my favorites. <laughs> it's the bar is very low <laughs> um, but yeah so it's it was a very focused episode it was very um very scholarly and very like oh okay this is meaty stuff okay and so I brought the suggestion this week to talk about clown dude (laughs) the new it trailer it just the the it two trailer i am not a movie person i'm definitely not a horror movie person but i love the it it and I love Stephen King, and it too is coming out soon. It's got like Bill Hader in it, and um, I who plays like the older Finn Wolfhard. And I watched the final trailer today, uh, yeah. just in bed in the morning, and it was just like ah, it's just so creepy. And I'm very excited about wow. it. Do you want to see that with me? Because oh, I don't yeah, think Grace yeah, Grace. yeah, Grace will not. She's there's no way. So maybe we yeah. can go see it. Lamley or something because I'm super stoked about yeah. it. I'm very excited, but yeah. So clowns is part of it, but <laughs> the real suggestion was talk about uh, the term the new fundamentalists and uh, or, or or make that the title or have that be the working title and basically talk about we call ourselves the fundamentalists, which I love the title. Um, I think it lends itself to a little bit of ambiguity, but also a little bit of confusion. And so I would love to talk about kind of fundamentalism in general and how people are people are easily. Uh, wooed by it and what it means in the modern era in 2019. Uh, and maybe talk about, um, do du- what is it, du- non-duality? Is that what uh, it yeah, is? Yeah. Is that a term that's correct? It, well, it's a term that a lot of people use. I'm yeah. Not, and, uh, yeah, I'm not well, a huge fan of it. Yeah, well I'm, then let's yeah. not get hung up in the weeds there, because <clears> what <throat> I basically mean is like the goodies and the baddies thing, the people who... Oh yes, like oh yeah, yeah. Black yeah, yeah, yeah. and white, yeah, non-duality, not in the sense of like the sort of you know. I, I know, I know what you're. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, That's yeah. not what I'm talking about.
1: Which is an interesting thing in of itself. Is there one? Is there two? Is there less? More? Anyway, but yeah, but you're talking. Yeah, the goodies and the baddies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah splitting and all of that.
0: And how? Yeah, like how? Uh, it's tempting to do that in every um, facet of life. I think there's one of the reasons uh, is because at least. Politically, there are two parties. Mm-hmm. And then if you grow up religious, there are people who are saved and there are people who are not saved. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, everything in life is it's a the, the yin and yang thing. And so how you know you're either this or you're that, you're this, it's always it, especially with decision making. It's like I'm I've learned recently that I very much love making decisions. Like I've grown to enjoy it, and so I'll go, okay, this is this, this, okay, we're gonna do this. And as a result things move quick but sometimes i end up you know effing everything up but like that's another like everything is like this mm-hmm. that and that's it and so um how does that really and that's what i'm that's what i brought to the table oh nice
1: yeah because uh you know i didn't really know what you were going to bring to the table yeah. so we're gonna yeah i still have no idea uh yeah exactly <laughs> so <laughs> so basically, basically yeah that's yeah, yeah and then why we call ourselves the fundamentalist
0: because i think part of the i don't know if we've ever really talked about like the tongue-in-cheek uh, aspect of calling ourselves a fundamentalist, but there's there's a an edge to it because it is sort of uh, when we talked about it, which I vividly remember at the Tiki Bar yeah. down the street, being like, oh, that's like a perfect uh, title that encompasses like, like it's so not what we are and it's so not what we're about that it seems like a perfect uh, a perfect choice for it. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. And maybe it is what we are. Maybe we there's a part Who of us that are, all, that are all fundamentalists. So and what does that mean? Yeah. So it'd be great. I wonder. Do you think? Because I'm going to let you. You are in the driver's seat. So vroom, I'm going Vroom vroom, baby! I am going to make suggestions. Not Please. telling you how to live your life. I'm just going to offer some thoughts. Did you that,
0: read what I put on our our bio? Have you no, read the book? Oh, I put. We're not telling you how to live your life. We're just questioning if you're alive at all. Oh, that's nice. I yeah. like that. Oh yeah. I thought you liked that. Yeah. It's very oh, fun. very good. Very yeah, we're good, we're yeah. we're working on stuff, <laughs> folks. We got some stuff coming yeah. coming down the pipeline. But um, well, yeah, then,
1: yeah. So so do you want to and say no to this if you do mm-hmm. want to? Like, do you want to start by like trying to give a rough definition of what? Yes, I do. The fundamentalist means. Yes, I do. Thank yeah. you very much,
0: Pete. This is fun. Yeah, it's like a fun, like, put me in the, make me have to answer. This is like a fun, cute, like a quiz. Yeah. Um. My understanding of fundamentalism is that a fundamentalist, it's such an interesting thing because you, you see the person and you don't know exactly how to put words to it. So a traditional fundamentalist, as you would think of it, like a fundamentalist evangelical is someone who is non um, ebbing and non molding with the world around them. They are in their, uh, it's like there's cement around their feet and they are happy about it. And they're like this, I found the right cement to be in. That's what a fundamentalist is, I think. And everything that they do is from the cement, but it also keeps them from walking about
1: Yes. What a
0: beautiful good. metaphor. That is beautiful.
1: Okay, so then I, let's start there, and then I'll add a layer onto it, and you might want to add a layer okay. onto that. Okay, so you've got the person in cement. They've got this solid kind of view or space, and uh, the solid worldview. Gives them security. Them like security, yes. comfort, et cetera. Okay, Okay, so now to add another layer onto that and like, go, okay, now let's make a distinction, because that's a distinction between someone who is kind of maybe more uh, open to other ideas and someone who's closed. So a distinction within that uh, definition you gave is someone who is certain, just because they haven't had any access to other information. I was actually talking to a woman yesterday who grew up in Mormonism mm-hmm. in Utah, and she, everyone around her pretty much believed the same thing that she did. Uh, so she was very confident in her belief, she just believed it, she thought she was right. Um, So there's that, but that person, she then met others. She came to LA who didn't believe the same things that she did. Mm -hmm. And so over time, her worldview began to expand and change. And, you know, she became open to other perspectives and still, I think, respectful of her past. So there's that. But then there are people who, when they encounter different empirical uh, realities and different ideas, shut themselves down. Yeah. And I would say the first we could say is not what we usually mean by the word fundamentalist. It's it's just certainty. If you're open to being empirically challenged, then potentially you haven't entered into the world of fundamentalism too much yet. But if you can't hear any information that counters your own without getting angry, frustrated, defensive, then that shows that maybe you're in the grips of a type of ideological fundamentalism. Nice. Does that distinction then add to what you're saying, or add another layer? Yeah, to it?
0: yeah. Because I think uh, the the uh, the evangelical. I mean, I'm just using Christianity as the thing because yeah. it's the closest thing to my personal experience. But the uh, the difference being, like, the fundamentalist part is the part that is like, oh yeah, I guess it's like you are. Um, You treat your beliefs like a, to use one of your metaphorical uh, or one of your parable tropes, you you treat your beliefs like a miser treats their gold. Like you treat it like, you're like, this is what I believe. And this is, these, these are my beliefs and this is what, and you can't come near it and you can't, I can't change it. You can't have any of them and did it. And I think that's, yeah. Yeah. Whereas somebody who just moves somewhere and then becomes shifted by it or, or or contaminated um, is not. Whatever. Yeah.
1: And and there's a beautiful element of that metaphor, actually, when you were talking there, going, oh, yeah, because not only could you see fundamentalism if I. In, in, caught in fundamentalism, like the miser with their gold, they're holding on to it, this is, this is what holds them together. So the miser probably, you know, the stereotypical example, they live in poverty, they've got bad relationships, but weirdly, as long as they've got all of this gold buried at the bottom of their garden, they don't experience the poverty of their life. Yeah. But the other element of the miser is, the miser doesn't spend the money. And that, that's an interesting thing about fundamentalism as well, is it's not about enacting your beliefs, it's about having them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. so so you don't necessarily need to enact. You you're a fundamentalist doesn't need to enact what they believe in any significant way. They but, don't have
0: to go out into the world and yeah. make fishers or make man, fishers of men or yeah. whatever. They have, fact, yeah. Because they believe that people should,
1: and that's more important. That's more important. F- in fact, interestingly, whenever someone does enact their beliefs within a fundamentalist structure, they can be a threat to that structure that that in some way it's really it the beliefs give us something the beliefs perform something it's just like it's almost like money performs an act i can use money to buy stuff but when you're a miser the money performs something in and of itself so the money doesn't perform an act in that you go out and spend it on drink the money itself is a performative act so you don't need to spend it in fact you don't spend it you hold on to it and there are certain beliefs that we have that we don't need to or want to enact, but, but because we already, they're already doing what we want them to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I think you see with an ideology is certain sets of beliefs that, that just we hold on to them because they hold us together.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I started a new book uh, two days ago. What's today, the 18th?
1: Yeah, this is a, the second book you've read. Or um, is the 18th book? It's the second read? book in the past <laughs> five years. I was thinking about that the other day and
0: I was like, have I read like three books? Like, I was like, I don't know how many books I've read. You're
1: actually a you're a good reader. I always see books around. I
0: read well, read, fair m- mind. That's yet the miser part. Yeah. The oh, books yeah. are there. Yeah. Oh, I a, have yeah. my books. That's just a great don't read example. them or enact them. Yeah. yeah that's, um, a, that's
1: a beautiful metaphor because so many of just, us have lots of books and they, we don't read the book because the book's already performing its act. Exactly. Which is just I don't to need the knowledge. Other people
0: have the a, knowledge that yeah. I have the Books, and that's yeah. close enough well, that,
1: by the way that's transference is where we believe that it, it transference was, that's the word i was trying to think of the other day because
0: i was talking about therapy and and uh, grace mentioned that it was like I, it's like a father son relationship and I was like yeah that's a term that happens in therapy and I was
1: yeah like, I mean and it's such a basic notion of reality is that transference happens all the time it's whenever we believe that there is a subject supposed to know someone out there a book or a person who knows we don't have to know but as long as we know there's someone out there who knows we feel comfortable mm-hmm. so you have the book and you don't have to read the book but you because in one sense that someone else contains the knowledge and you just hold the book it's yeah transference is a fascinating subject That's yeah, fun. we haven't done transference we have, to have do we transference not? i don't think we have i know um yeah we can do transference i mean you do, do it cool. all the time with me in real life but well uh, yeah i get lonely yeah
0: and uh, thank you ma or uh, peep Daddy. Uh, yeah <laughs> uh the uh, but I was reading. I'm well. I say read. I'm doing audio, like Audible stuff, a lot because yeah, yeah. I'm in my car constantly. And I was like, "What
1: well, is this?" That's nice. called listening to music. I know. <laughs> yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah. I do. And I'm just like, I listen <laughs> Spotify Weezer. now. Yeah. Weezer, yeah. You I can't. You so can't m- call Weezer album an, a, a, a a book. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, Pinkerton tells a pretty. Peter, Pinkerton's actually based on the uh, opera Madam Butterfly. Oh, so. is that right? Oh, yeah, wow. Just okay. so you yeah. know. Just so I know. Uh, no one cares about that. Yeah. But um, I'm reading a book called Love's Executioner, but. Irvin D. Yalom who wrote right. the book When Nietzsche Wept which is made into oh, a movie yeah. that you saw which was a bad movie but a very good book and um, I had bought it like a while back with like credits on Audible and I didn't realize it and so I just had it in
1: my yeah, thing because like, you end up they start rocking up they do and then they take them away so as you don't have like a hundred of them because <laughs> yeah. I, I I realized for a year I would just had all these credits yeah.
0: that I wasn't using it's kind of cool you but know. then I, yeah I had a bunch of credits I was like yeah. all right I guess I'll buy some books
1: and it's like the only academic book they have an audible is uh Victor Frankl's man's search for meaning or something like that they I think it's getting better but for a while it was not I it that, wasn't yeah. good for
0: <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's I started reading an urban uh yalom or yalom I don't know how to say it but he um I, I love his writing. He basically is a psychotherapist, and he's, his books are like fictionalized tales of his his um, patients. And um, the first chapter, it's like short stories, I guess. I don't really know yet. But it, the first is on, it's called Love's Executioner, and it is about a woman who comes in, and she's like 70 years old, and she basically says that she's tried to kill herself. And uh, he changes all the names and everything and makes a point to make sure that you know that he changed the names. But she basically says that she... Tried to kill herself. She's going to try to kill herself again. She'll probably be successful. There's nothing um, he can do to stop it. She's seen all these therapists, and the reason is because her heart was broken eight years ago by her therapist that she fell in love with, had an affair with, and um, then he cut it off. And since then, she's been obsessed. All she does is call, him. all she does is like freak out, mm. and all she wants is to know why she she why it ended and when. The only I mean, there's the
1: danger of transference there. I mean, like as terrible as like oh, in a in an analytic setting, there's a massive transferential relationship. Yeah. That and then she's suffering from like yeah yeah anyway keep going yeah it's the exact and that's what the
0: whole chapter is about like Mm -hmm. the um, author narrator whatever is like this it was he like talks about how infuriating it is to to hear as someone on the other side of or other side of the couch or whatever being like oh this is the danger of therapists people can be really hurt by it and um and he he realizes when she is talking about the therapist. That she's in love with that who she hasn't talked to in in eight years that um, f- He calls it a love obsession and he's like it's not really love because he's she's not really talking about him as a person She's just talking about mm-hmm. these sort of romantic trysts that they had they walked along the Golden Gate Bridge And um, then they had sex and he cut her off basically and, and she was an older woman and he was in um his thirties, I guess, like early thirties. So he's a therapist. who's like, for some reason having sex with an older, you know, lady, who's also a patient. And so the author is sort of like wondering if there's some kind of, he's acting out some kind of psychosexual yeah. problem. Of on counter-transference there, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. counter Yeah. And, uh, and so, but what was interesting in it and the thing that I thought about when you mentioned that thing about the miser or the beliefs and all that is he basically is like, I can't he's like I, I can't say anything negative about this guy michael is his name the the other therapist he's like i can't say anything um,
1: that's his real name you've changed the false name back to the real name you know i may yeah. have actually <laughs> yeah. cuz i know, think it's matthew know. yeah
0: <laughs> um but was i started the uh the book on july 16th and in the beginning of the book she just goes the last time i saw him was 7 was 12:30 p.m. on july 16th and i was like wait a minute and uh-huh. it was like the second i started the book and i was like Oh, I was like, I have to finish it now. uh, (laughs) Yeah, which is just pure, pure fun times. But um, I just took it as like, oh, I'm supposed to, the the cosmos are aligning, so I have to read this book. But yeah, so he basically is talking about like, she held the belief that she was so in love so dearly that he knew that if he mentioned or talked poorly about this clearly terrible therapist um, and clearly in the wrong therapist, that it would betray the relationship that he was trying to build with this patient of his. And I think that there is an interesting parallel where you can see in certain people that if you challenge their beliefs, it can disrupt the foundation of the entire relationship. Yes. As a result yeah. of their fundamentalism.
1: Yeah. I mean, because in one way, the success of a transferential relationship in an analytic setting is when the person, you know, transfers onto you the subject supposed to know. Um, and then you gradually. Uh, disappoint them from within that transferential relationship in other words you disillusion them very slowly um, mm-hmm. from this notion of the guru but the worst thing can happen is what happened with her is that she had the transferential relationship he cut it off and she wasn't left with basically get uh, overcoming transference but she was left with basically the abandonment of her father mm-hmm. you know? so it's yeah that, that that would be very traumatic yeah. So he, so, the, so the new therapist has to, you know, rebuild a transferential relationship and then try to, try to do it correctly. Yeah. <laughs> and so and that's
0: the kind of crap that I read when I'm like yeah. having a good time and wanting to relax and stuck yeah. in traffic. I'll be like, let me check out this old woman who's in love with the therapist from the seventies. Yeah. But
1: that, anyway. that, yeah, and that okay. This is this is interesting because this brings me on to something I would love to talk about in relation to fundamentalism. Great. Um, and it is what what's called the real with a capital R and the real is a very difficult concept um but basically if you can think of what the real is the real is what that man was to that woman he is not just a normal person superhuman like he he could never live up to the obsessional desire that she has right he he could never do it so yeah. yeah and so in way Lacan once said this really very clever saying, he said, God has every possible perfection except for one existence, right? Mm -hmm. Now what Lacan is doing there is he's playing on this old philosophical debate. So Anselm once said, God, the word God means that thing that has every perfection. So whether you believe in God or not, when you use the word God, you're describing something that is perfect. Yeah. Um, and then Anselm does this trick where he says, well, if God, the definition of God is every perfection, then God must also exist because to exist is, to, is better than not to exist. Right. So then Kant came along and he said, existence isn't a property. Existence is like a reel upon which you hang properties. So you don't say to somebody, oh, they're tall. A reel upon which you hang? properties my accent real as in r-a-i-l not r-e-a-l like a real oh wow yeah wow we went down okay yeah i'm glad you stopped me there because i forget that my accent makes it hard to (laughs)
0: if i was listening to this on the app i would hit the (laughs) back 30 seconds so i could rehear what you because i was like the real okay got it yes the real is difficult to to conceptualize (laughs) yeah Um, so what
1: what else do you call that a real like what do you call that no that that makes a rail okay a rail but i'm also
0: have a slight southern the rail rail Um, (laughs) but
1: yeah so so like you don't say something like, oh, the person's tall. Uh, they've got brown hair, blue eyes and existence. Yeah. Right? Existence is what allows them to have yeah, blue yeah, eyes and hair. and tallness, yeah, you know? yeah. But then, so then Kant playfully uh, twists the term and he says, you know, no, no, no. God has every perfection except existence. Now, what he's talking about is the real. What he means is the real is the thing that you really want, the thing that you become obsessed with, and it has every perfection. You look at this thing, this woman you want, this man you want, this wealth you want, this whatever, you look at it and it's got every perfection except one, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why you never get what you want when you get what you want. That's why there's always this, you get stuff and it's fun, but if, if there's always this slight, uh, uh, this is not that. There's always this slight kind of like, oh, my desire hasn't been fully consumed. There's something else, because the real is the shiny object that that you revolve your life around. Yeah. That has everything but existence. That's why Lacan called it the real. It's the with flying a spaghetti R. monster. Yes. If that's your yeah. If, that's, if that if that yeah. I suppose the flying spaghetti monster was an attempt to you know, show this structure in a humorous way.
0: The Flying Spaghetti Monster was when a bunch of nerds thought they were cleverer than they actually were.
1: All right. Uh, okay. yeah, uh, That's my hot take. That's uh, your hot take. I like that hot take. Um, yeah, I so- remember
0: being a kid and seeing the Flying Spaghetti Monster back when I was like a kid and very, very like, this is what I believe. I'm 100% right. I got it all figured out. I'm in fourth grade. And uh, I remember seeing the flying spaghetti monster and being like,
1: "That's dumb." Yeah, but it's a teenage thing. Yeah, it's a teenage thing. You have to go yeah. through that. Fears. It's like this. It's like yeah.
0: the. It's like rebellion on, like the. Like, anyway, sorry. Yeah. yeah. so Yeah. yeah there's yeah. a rail, and you're saying mm. rail. No, I'm saying real. Okay, now you're saying real. Good <laughs> with the R
1: E A L. Lacan has it with a capital R, and basically, so the
0: real is what you're.
1: Kind of, it's like the real is. It's a it's a site, within which. Objects appear that you really want. (laughs) Are you saying R E A L when you say that? Uh, Yes. The real is the sight. Yes. Okay. I will never talk about a clothing reel again. Maybe you say clothing reel. Clothing reel, what I mean. Are you mean clothesline? Maybe a clothesline? (laughs) Clothesline. Yes, clothesline. Clothesline Clothesline works. Okay. 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 Um, The real
0: is. (laughs) Tower of Babel over here. (laughs)
1: Yeah. The the real has every perfection except except he adds one more thing. The real. Um, has non-existence, that's it it's, so it's, it's a very bizarre thing, so the real is the most unreal thing, but it's the most real thing and that, right, that sounds weird, and anyone who's listening to this will go, that's just gobbledygook but when you actually apply it to your life where something becomes so incredible like that man for the woman that analyst for the woman so incredible like the only thing that exists for her really is him yeah like everything else is uh, ethereal nothing else matters she probably doesn't care about anything hence the suicide yeah suicide like she wants to take her whole life so he is the most real thing but the only thing he has that's in addition to that is non-existence yeah he's not there he's not there and that 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 real is a product of symbolization and connected with fundamentalism. Then I would say, the fundamentalism of all stripes has a connection with a sublime object of some kind. Like and a, by the word sublime, I mean the real, the real. Yeah, yep. totally. Yeah, um, there's some
0: kind. And I think that also applies to like the love sickness thing that people get because I I know like I've had situations where. I have cut things off and I've been like the the therapist in the situation not in the sense of the therapist, but in the person who abruptly cut something off. And I think it's a very jarring and traumatic thing for people. Yeah. And I think it often is the most traumatic when they have done something like that. When they've done the when they've connected the relationship or something to being this all powerful, all knowing, all, you know, all comforting thing and then all of a sudden it gets cut off and you're like what that was the source of my my god that was my you know
1: exactly i mean even though it's not
0: about the person or not about me it's about the yeah like sort of like unhealthy dynamic
1: yeah i had an experience of this yesterday we were um we we didn't put it this the making love film we didn't put it in any festivals except for one we thought oh there's one festival we'd like to put it in
0: mm-hmm. um, you just did you just did Sundance yeah. it just did Sundance yes. yeah
1: yeah it just did Holly Shorts actually which is Holly Shorts is a a one in L A and it's really good um, Helen's had a couple of movies shorts in it before and what we realized is um, that actually the payment hadn't gone through and uh we hadn't be- the, basically the credit card no, and i uh, no, thought no. it was fraud and we didn't know until basically they were announcing and going oh i thought we would you know get into that that would be a really good one but what was interesting to me is my experience of that is i had no interest in any festivals i was just kind of oh we put it in if you want but as soon as i realized that it couldn't happen like we suddenly i realized that i was starting to imagine oh but like we could have won the thing, and then, then we got like that's the, all the Oscar shorts from the last few years. I think have come yeah. from all shorts, and it was funny. So what happened is it became real, yeah, the real with a capital R, and it it became it had all these perfections. The clothes to it. real, yeah, the yeah, <laughs> the clothes, yeah. <laughs> except the one thing that it wouldn't exist because if we got in, it would have been completely irrelevant. So even in a very small yep. level, I noticed the how how the failure of something kind of like opens us up to this dimension mm-hmm. and fundamentalism I think is if we went deep enough into it I think at its core it plays into this dimension of language that we have is the, the fundamentalist in us has a, a, a vision of something that is perfect and great that we revolve around and we kind of get sometimes we glimpse it or whatever but it's ultimately a weird type of fiction that seems like it's the only thing that exists
0: well and if you had a belief or whatever that you that somehow connects you to the that real with the capital r of course you're gonna treat it like it's the most important thing yeah. in the world like of course you're gonna be like you know no this this person is the, the love of my life and i without them i am nothing and yeah it's because you like anybody would tr- would act like that if you actually on some conscious or unconscious level connected that with that big thing
1: hundred percent and then the opposite of that like some of you go okay what's the opposite then like the kind of obvious thing is like oh is the opposite then you don't value overvalue because love is overvaluation it's mm. valuing one thing like infinitely really um so is the alternative that that we don't do that um, like you, do, you know, I've talked about it before, but like pe- ki- people, people, you think their kids the most beautiful kid in the world, and you turn around and go, "Well, no, objectively, your child isn't." Yeah. Like that's the wrong response. Yeah. But there's two. And yet you keep doing and it. And I keep, do- <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah, stop myself. You can't myself. learn, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like you were- <laughs> you know, objectively, it's yeah. not right. <laughs> objectively, pretty ugly, big nose, yeah. big ears. Um, but the uh- most puppies
0: are cuter. But fine.
1: Know. I mean, definitely, if anyone's listening to this, you should look up. There's a Mitchell and Webb sketch where the best man's speech gets up. and The groom the, the oh, yeah, says, yeah. to the most beautiful woman in the world. And then the best man's like, yeah, just before I start the speech, you know, I just want to say, like, you know, she's obviously not the most beautiful woman in the world. And everyone starts booing. He goes, like, what? You guys think she's the most beautiful woman in the world? Like, if she was, the paparazzi would be here. We'd be drinking champagne, not sparkling wine.
0: I realize I'm gonna I'm gonna do a dissertation one day on Peep Show because I've I I was in like the shower the other day and I was thinking about Peep Show and I was like, just hearing their voices in my head and the way they communicate and the way Mark is always like. Really? Don't you think there would be a da 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 on every street corner if all of a sudden people were. (laughs) And, like, the way he defends everything is always, like, very logical. And then Jazz is always just, like. No man that's how he you know did it and he just yeah. like he doesn't care at all, and there's always <laughs> there's so it's they're perfectly written, but anyway I know, it really um, is
1: but yes yeah, so, yes yeah, so, oh yeah, so that the, was
0: our, our our weekly peep show uh, I that's <laughs>
1: terrible i i I just think in peep show quotes and I
0: I um, know I well the memes too I've been following the I saw oh, yeah. you followed the meme account, so I've been following a bunch of the the accounts and it's just like just the snippets of and the the best one is jazz going i don't want or uh I don't want to tempt fate, but I think everything might. Be perfect forever, yeah, or whatever it is. That's
1: yeah, like, that, that's the real. That's yeah, the real. Yeah. Jay's falls in love, and he says, "I don't want to tempt fate, but I think everything is going to be fantastic forever." Right, yeah. yeah, and that, that that's a perfect articulation of of how the real makes its impact. Because you, it's
0: life. so funny because you're like, it's so true, and that's like a perfectly written like it hurts you a little bit. Because
1: yeah, he just says, he basically articulates the structure that we yeah. go, oh yeah, yeah, I know what that's like. Um, but that the difference between that, I think is,
0: that's what I said when Grace and I started dating. I think I told you that. Oh yeah, you was, did. It's it like, it. Grace and I are officially dating. I don't want to tempt fate. I think everything might be perfect forever. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to be wonderful. Anyway, sorry. Yeah.
1: Well, that, that, and that, that could be called idealization. We all feel it. But that, that's where fundamentalism rests. But the alternative is sublimation. Yeah. The alternative is to see someone and value them in their imperfections. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul Tillich talked about the difference between unbroken myths and broken myths. So you have an unbroken myth or story, and that's kind of like where you think it's perfect Mm -hmm. and you don't see any flaws. Um, But then a broken myth is where you embrace it just as much, but but with its fractures and with its imperfections. So that's where you start to escape fundamentalism. It's not that you don't have a position and it's not you don't have a position that you won't live and die for. It's that uh, when you say my child's the most beautiful child in the world, you're both saying your child is in the sense that they are the measure of beauty to you, but also you're saying that, you know, this is not some sort of weird kind of like God's eye claim that, that my child would win every pageant. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because you would. I was like, what would you live and die for? That is not somehow
0: a fundamental belief. But I guess, the love of a child would be would be one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I can't imagine any kind of national, nationalistic type thing where you. I would see someone who was willing to die for their belief that wasn't some way also holding it. Yeah. Uh, very, very closely. With
1: with one possible exception. Here's my exception: is to die. Drums. yeah, die for drugs. I would die for drugs. Um, To die for peep show. To to die in order to keep the space of reality open, to prevent the political or social space from closing into a type of... Um, a closed totalitarian circle. Yeah, altruism. Altruism, yeah. basically, like yeah. true,
0: like for your fellow man and for the peop- like a community, basically.
1: But in a particular way, yes. But but the the one I want to add, kind of a layer onto that is because you're right. But then there's people here are altruistic. I can't even say that word. Altruistic. 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 Yeah. Um, in but in the most terrible ways, right? Yeah. So it's actually going. It, it's like this. It's saying that I would die, in order to. Because I believe in the space of the fracture so much. So for example, you have a you have a you live in a country where it says it believes in justice, freedom and democracy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you say, I'm gonna die for my country right or wrong. Right. So that's kind of a certain form of patriotism. I'll die for my country right or yep. wrong. I don't care what they do. But then someone else might go America I believe first. in my country yeah america first. but here there are two america first but very slightly different so the first is that patriot patri- america first whatever oh in fact yeah that's what that means i just realized america first right or wrong yeah okay yeah very good well maybe it does. i don't know yeah well sounds like a might yeah May. but then the other alternative <laughs> is you could say well my country stands for democracy freedom and justice and if i think that my country ireland or whatever is is standing against those, I will die for them. But the idea is this, not because you say that you've got freedom, democracy and justice, but just go like freedom, democracy and justice is a type of openness to the people. It's mm-hmm. a it's a type yeah. of radical openness. And I think funnily enough, this is where, this is partly why I like the term fundamentalist for us. is like, for me, there actually is a Redeemable form of the militant or the fundamentalist, and it is someone who, in a sense, commits their life to uh, serving the ontological antagonism, um, and, and 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 serve that politically and personally and socially. Um, so, the yeah. redeemable form of of a fundamentalist, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Which, yeah, because it's someone who does believe something. Because that's the thing too. I get very um, at some point. I think the when the egg shell gets broken uh, of one's um, beliefs and you then rebuild and you learn to hold beliefs lightly, you learn to go through life. I do think that there is value at that point when that process has been gone through of then adopting certain beliefs in a more impassioned way. That's just like makes life because I think that too makes life more, um, enjoyable and more colorful and more full when you're like you do have things that you're like, No 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 because it's not fun and I hope I hope we don't give the impression with this podcast that it's like a cool thing to be like, I kinda believe it. Like yeah, yeah. I think that it's it's that's like step one and then you know, step yes. five is being like, no, no, this is, this is right, this is wrong, this is what I believe, knowing all the while you could be wrong, you could be having mistakes and you could change if empirical data says something different, w- hence staying away from like the bad fundamental stuff, but then still having like hardcore, steadfast, like, nope, like, this is how I, this is what I believe. Yeah,
1: and and the way, the way I would articulate that, because the, the thing I do want to do is, and see what, see what you think of this, see what Great. you, think. right, but... Okay, so you've got, you've got your first step thesis, right? You believe something very strongly and go like, I'm gonna, you know, I live in, I've, I've got the answer, even though you were brought up in a certain country with a certain belief, like the dice were ruled, you happened to score a certain number and that's what you believe. But you assume that belief subjectively and you think I've got the truth, right? Yeah. So there's your position number one. Then the antithesis, which is what people usually go to as teenagers usually, is they start to question all of that. They start to go, hold on a second, you know, my beliefs are a product of my environment and da-da-da-da-da. And they then reject that. And then you enter into a type of a form of, um, uh, you know, skepticism. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Now, for me, the the next step, which can be called the, uh, well, the first can be called the... um, there's a few ways to call them i hate the word synthesis so i don't want to use it but so there's the thesis there's the antithesis and then there is this third space the synthesis synthesis. because it's filled with sin yeah yes but so we're using synthesis but not but in a different way from the way it's often thought of in philosophy the synthesis is actually where i'll allow it (laughs) thank you (laughs) it's where you it's where you affirm the antithesis but that becomes the, the truth so for example you start to doubt your position you start to see there's cracks in your position
0: maybe trickle-down economics isn't best in the long term for everyone maybe not so i yeah. so that's my fundamental fundamentalist belief as a result of my upbringing and then i'm like wait a minute no it's not now yeah. it's what well, it would be the opposite
1: okay in that trickle up economics well here, here's here's a here's an easier one that we can go back to that because i need to i need to i was just trying to think think give a belief that could well, fit yeah. into
0: the analogy as we go yeah but that's and, kind of a well, tough no,
1: one no, that, that is true like all of them kind of do is there you had a certain belief about economics right yeah, yeah, certain like you know that ultimately this trickle down economics will fix everything then you start to question that you go hold on i, I was kind of handled that when i was young because the weird thing is we we are full of beliefs by the time we get to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, our brains are like shopping carts in a mall that, that are already full of goods. Yeah, And so you realize, oh, th- my brain's already full of stuff. So when I come to the point of reason, my mind's already full of beliefs. So now I have to take stuff out of the cart, look at it, put it in. So then you go, right, I'm questioning yep. that. And then I suppose the, the third position is where- um, This is the synthesis, so the to The synthesis, speak. so to speak, is where The critical dimension of the second stage is what's called ontologized. It is, it is, uh, it's it's rendered into a positive knowledge. Uh, So. It's like this. Mm-hmm, Let's mm-hmm. see how it works. It's I know like, what
0: you're getting at, and I can't yeah. wait to see how you get there because you're trying to put words on something that is, which is basically, you're literally philosophizing in real time right now. Yeah, it's like, yes. you're trying to find the words that it's just like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I don't yeah. know if that's what, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we'll get there. We'll <laughs> yeah, get yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. you got it. You got it. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like the real we we're talking about. So the real exists. So the thing I really want, it's out there. It exists. The c- and then you become cynical and you say, no, it doesn't exist. It's not there. And then the negation of negation is where you go, oh, it doesn't exist. Exist, but it does. It's the most real thing of all, right? So, yeah, there's it's still worth steps, fighting for. It. Yeah. Or, or for good or for bad, it's just that it's just the third stage is that the non-existence is how it exists. The real exists in the mood of non-existence. Yeah, that's the third. So, God exists. God doesn't exist. God doesn't not exist. Um, it, it, it's this. It's this type of reasoning. It sounds kind of weird, but what happens is. You get to the, basically in terms of fundamentalism, I would argue you get to the point where you go. It's not just that I doubt things, that I have questions about things that 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 I that I there's a certain mystery in existence. It's that actually I need to fight for that mystery. That mystery is not a lack of knowledge. It, it is some central insight into reality itself. So whenever you look at biology, you see the antagonism in evolution. When you look at physics, you see superpositioning, wave particle duality. The The antagonism, the, the mystery of life is not some sort of wooey wooey outside thing. It's a fundamental structure within reality and you connect to that. So whenever I say the new fundamentalist is the one who fights to keep the world open the one who fights to prevent us from thinking we can create a utopia that fixes everything because i think that's where fascism comes from is that the 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 new fundamentalism the new fundamentalist is the one who says i am a servant i am an apostle to the rupture of reality and that means politically for example when you see any totalitarian regime trying to say, if only we got rid of the liberals or the conservatives or the theists or the atheists or whatever, then everything would be great. If only we could do X, Y, and Z, everything will be fine. You go, no, it wouldn't be, because there's something about the tragedies and the structures that we're in that actually arise from that very fantasy. The problems of, so many problems of life arise from the the running from the rupture of life. I don't know if that. But made if we any did, sense all. if we got,
0: <laughs> if we did get rid of men, yes, things then would things be would be perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's the that's the point. Of the, that's the point I've been trying to make this whole time. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That was that's a good. point. I feel like there was the, some yeah. of the the language there. It's it's so philosophical that it becomes yeah. like you were saying gobbledygook. gobbledygook like, gook, yeah. I know what you're getting at, but going. This is real. This isn't real. This isn't not real. Is sort of like, yeah. but in practiced in real time, it it I
1: think yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yes, and and to give one different crack at it, then it's almost like saying yes, of course, any of the things that we concretely come to believe are open to question. Like, absolutely, the one thing that's not open to question is that everything is open to question. Like mm-hmm. the one thing that ha- the one thing that you find. When you start to experience doubt and unknowing, is you go like, oh, I currently have doubts, but maybe in the future I'll know the answer, which is transference. There is some future person who has the answer. Mm, um, but nice. then you get full to the point, full circle, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. We're, look at that, we're, we're pros, I callbacks, mean, philosophical callbacks, doing? Yeah. Okay. Um, but then then the next step is you go, oh, the doubt and the unknowing isn't because of some contingent failure in me that I'll one day solve. The, the openness of reality, the, the unknowing and mystery is part of the very nature of reality. So you don't overcome it, it's yeah. actually you come to terms with it. So that's, and therefore, there is some positive knowledge you can have. The positive knowledge you can have is that there is an antagonism or a deadlock in reality and that that deadlock, when we avoid it, causes all sorts of problems mm-hmm. it's basically going as well the new fundamentalist is the one who says i want to be
0: uh, where the people are what's that i want to be where the people are it's a little mermaid song <laughs> okay so. a what song a little mermaid Oh, right
1: it's beautiful yeah I mean, you're welcome. bringing yes. a tear to my eye that's yeah. the first time i've ever sang so. yeah um, but the new fundamentalist is the one who kind of wants to be true like every fundamentalist to the true Uh, Nature of reality but acknowledging the true nature of reality is a certain commitment (laughs) to the novelty and antagonism of reality yeah
0: a certain yeah fighting for reality means going I'm going to fight for the fact that this kind of
1: like it's kind of crazy right we don't really know what's going on (laughs) and if we don't embrace that we're going to kill each other yeah because all great political movements forward are kind of where novelty is able to enter because someone says maybe this is not as closed off as we think yeah maybe there is a crack in our ideologies that can allow us to communicate
0: you know i have noticed in um recent months um through sort of and we've talked about this a little bit i don't know if you've talked about it on my on the mic or not but um sorry am i boring you yeah i kind of got bored with some of that uh <laughs> <laughs> Some of that I lost you, yeah. um, and I started thinking about other things. But uh, that's only the the when the terms get like, like yes. the moment I start I understand it, and then I'm like yeah, yeah. and I get excited about. it. And then the, when I stop understanding it, I sort of uh, I, I check know. out. But yeah. anyway, apologies. But um, <laughs> uh, so I was no, we've talked about a little bit about like the lack of um drive uh, and sort of spark that I've had over the past little oh, yeah. bit, probably the past. I would say 17 years, 17 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, you know, I'm 18 years old, so it's yeah. like most of my life, but yeah, it's been probably, I would say the past eight months. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at first I was like, Oh, I'm dating a new person and that's what it is. And then I was like, Oh no, this isn't it. And I, I think what's part of what it is, is I've become a little disillusioned with certain elements of work and certain elements of this, of career and all this stuff where it's like, I have this sort of, um, uh, way of operating where it's like, I don't necessarily think that there is ever any kind of perfect situation. Like, I don't necessarily believe that in the future um, I will be some big famous comedian. And I don't
1: necessarily this believe. This sign, by the way, like when says. I think I'm starting to realize that I might be in the large percent of people who aren't going to be a very successful (laughs) musician. (laughs) I might be in the 99%. Uh, Yeah, so, but I also... Operate. Mind you, you've already got there. That's the funny thing. I'm having a great. That's, time. that's the yeah. point. No, but you got there as well with with source fed.
0: Well, just you it, hit the pinnacle. It shows you. It's it's yeah. all of it. Teased, it's all to the same end. It but just it, shows the, you that yeah. There's that no. shows
1: you the real. That shows you how the real works. Because you hit it when you were like, what age were you? Twenty five or something. You hit like it twenty five, yeah. and but then the but the real because it doesn't exist it has every property but existence then it keeps moving but anyway yes keep going I don't want to interrupt no
0: no you're fine that's very true there's also a part where it's like I got that success but it's still there's that potential thing of like I don't feel like I've lived up to my potential at all like I feel like I've been very like like I don't feel and I I think that's maybe like a floofy artist thing where it's like you put one thing out and you're like no that's not me this thing's me oh that's not me this thing's me and it's always sort of like the, the moment you're done with something, you're sort of embarrassed by it. You're sort of mm. like, oh, that's just the old me. Like this new yeah. thing that I'm working on, that's the thing. And so it's always that like, the thing that you're working on is never the thing that satisfies you. In that, and that's
1: the real, that's, you're again defining right. the real, the clothing then, line.
0: The flip side of it is I also, the, yeah, the clothes <laughs> real. Um, Um the, the thing that I think I get frustrated by is I also, despite probably knowing on some level that like I'm not, reaching my potential i probably never will feel like i've totally reached my potential there's still the thing of like not settling constantly and not being like like whether it's personal life or whether it's work life or spirituality it's like always feeling like there's something like even though the uh, t- the thing that I'm seeking is unattainable, the search for that unattainable thing is still worth it for me because yes. it add it makes a more dynamic, fun life, a more challenging life. And I think what happens, or what has happened over the past eight months, ten months, is like the the pursuit of that unattainable thing has sort of stopped in me. It's sort of become this like thing that I've the drive to like not. So, and so in my mind I'm justifying going, well I have a great like I have this great job I work with my friends I have a great relationship and do dope ass podcast with my buddy Pete and we talk about all sorts of cool shit and help people and um, so it's sort of settling basically yeah. so I think the fundamental the fundamentalist thing is interesting because it's like you don't want to disillusion yourself into thinking that there is perfection At, on the flip side i get frustrated when it's like talking to people and then i get very emotionally bogged down by it because i'm like no you still go for, like you still strive and then what i get in response is um well you know it's never going to be it's never going to be great it's never going to do it and it's like that doesn't mean you don't go for it like doesn't yes. mean you don't
1: this is the per- you've just get, this is the perfect thank you cl- clarification of what I was struggling so badly to say right wow so great I, I'm yeah, glad to hear that because when I said right you've got two positions with the real one is it exists and when you think it exists the thesis you're pursuing it you want the thing that's going to fix everything make you happy right so that's that's the thesis then the antithesis is when you go oh it doesn't exist right mm-hmm. it's not there's nothing out there and that the motivation goes or whatever the 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 the, the, the The synthesis is when you go, oh, it exists in its non-existence. And when you get to that, you go, so these things are worth pursuing, knowing all the time that is the pursuit itself that is what is fun, that is what is enjoyable. When I do
0: pursue it and I put out a product that I'm truly proud of, when I put out a product that I'm like, or, or I write a joke or I do something that's like, indicative or representative of who I am at whatever deep, the deepest level I can do at that moment, that is as close as I can get to yes. that non-existent thing.
1: That's it. That's exactly. So, because like, so it's misery when you're in caught in the existence of the real, it's, it's nihilism and, and, and just utter, div- you're almost utterly devoid depression. of desire, depression, yeah. exactly. The definition of melancholy or depression is that you're drained of libidinal desire when You enter into the antithesis, but when you get to the point of, oh, the real exists in its non-existence, Mm -hmm. um, then you're able to go, oh yeah, so I am going to pursue these things, but realizing that it's the pursuit itself that where the fun is, and also that you don't get very depressed because you go, oh yeah, because you realize that it's not the getting. Because of course, the one property that the one perfection that the real doesn't have is existence. So you can never get it, but you can get the properties, you can fight for the properties. And then, yeah, and that's what I mean by the new fundamentals. And the fighting
0: helps keep, like, the work, the, it keeps you distracted, keeps you like, you get momentum going, you have your light, you're having a more dynamic life, you're like, having more experiences, you're creating more memories, regardless of whatever area of life it is, if you're just like moving forward. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's exhausting. And yeah, it's never going to end well. Uh, Another interesting thing the guy says in the opening chapter of the book is that he hates dealing with patients who are in love because um, psychotherapy is the opposite of being in love (laughs) because it seeks to like, break things apart and get to their deepest thing and then being in love is glossing over and uh, seeing everything as perfection and not looking into yeah, the and I'm yeah. like oh that's really funny it yeah. is
1: interesting like in the popular in the popular way of thinking about love it's the definition of fantasy which is a, a covering over the yeah. a mask that covers over the void um, yep. but you know and then then there's less pessimistic ways of talking about love but but the way that we often see what we call love which is what you know the early days mm-hmm. is um, and it's necessary it's fine but yeah it it um it it often is a mask that covers over the void of the real
0: yeah we uh i had a, a, a session in therapy like last week uh when my therapist was like he kind of I was basically telling him that, like, about Grace Line, we're moving in together and all this stuff, and it's really exciting. And, and he, we haven't like,
1: told people that you're moving out yet. We haven't yeah. like, officially announced it,
0: but think we have now. Now it's 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 out there. It's very we'll, sad. We'll talk about yeah. it more in the next. Yeah, uh, yeah let's tomorrow. Let's talk I guess. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'll be the good because we're doing a, maybe the Q and A episode. Or we do Q and A. Yeah, if you want to, I'm up for that. Yeah, absolutely. That, see what we get.
1: Um, do we have any questions yet? Do we? Will we put out that today and get questions? That's what I'm mm thinking. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But anyway,
0: he was like, I left and I was like feeling like oh like he was very like he was like you're doing this he's like doing this and doing this you're doing this you have a lot going on and it was like he didn't join in on my parade that i was having and my like sort of uh love filled gaze and uh and then the, yesterday, he, like, apologized. He was like, sorry. He's like, I didn't mean to, like, burst your bubble entirely. I was <laughs> like, you didn't. I was like, I know what you're doing. I was yeah. like, you're making sure that I'm, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm just making sure that you're, you know, doing everything, you're handling everything and uh, and dealing with it as it comes and, and not getting, you know, uh, putting too much on your plate, essentially, which is yeah. all very nice. But going back to that's what led to the conversation yeah. of being a, the father-son Transference thing of like I'm looking out for you, you know, yeah, that yeah, kind of thing. But, yeah, Um That being in love, part of being all that, and then being like, oh, everything's gonna be perfect. Fortunately, that situation is great because Grace also goes to therapy, and we can talk about all this shit as we go along. But anyway, because because
1: there, there is there is a type of love, and it'd be too much to go into. But there is a type of love that's on the other side of fantasy, and that's what that's what we're, we're like. There is a there's a phase where you have love as fantasy, but love that exists on the other side of fantasy is is the type of love that embraces the difficulties of this and mm-hmm. that the other thing and the real and, stuff yeah. and the truth is we're all a mix of both and, yeah, you know it doesn't yeah. it, it's not a big deal but at least in therapy there the attempt is to help us get more onto the other side only because if you're fully on the on the side of love as a mask that covers over the void of the real, then you're likely to crash and burn. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas if you're able to, tra- you know, what's called traverse the fantasy, you're able to embrace that lack, then um, then you can come into, like, a really healthy form of love.
0: I want to show you, see if I can play for the folks at home. I don't know how this will sound okay, but it's... um. It's this routine by a guy named Dov Davidoff, and he's a. Uh, yeah, here we go. It's a uh, okay. So this is like seven years ago. I just played a little bit of it, and he's he's a a uh, road comic basically. But just listen to this, and, and it's on. I think it's very interesting. It's very good.
2: Love is like, what? You know, like you ever love somebody, but and you, but and you're still like. I don't like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I love you. I just don't f***ing, I don't want any part of you. Man. I Love you and I hate me when I'm near you and <laughs> Cuz that love, the love love is like the highs are high and the lows are low. If love were a drug. People would be like, "Yo, stay away from that shit." <laughs> you can lose your house, man.
0: He, like, takes off of
2: yeah. Stay away <laughs> from yeah. that. Because love makes you crazy. It's like you're on some hard drug, you know? It's like being on drugs. Six months will go by, and your friend will be like, you married who? She took what? And you would be like, there's nothing I can do. on that love, mother uh, You got $5, I'm hungry. was love? Man. <laughs> it's all so weird. It's all so weird. Even in relationships, you know, it's like, this is why a crime of passion is a legitimate defense strategy in a court of law. A crime of passion means you did some shit you never otherwise would have done had you not been in a relationship while you did it. <laughs> and the court recognizes that. It means the prosecutor said the defendant, did you or did you not kill your spouse? And somebody was like, they wouldn't shut the f- up! <laughs> And the judge is like, we understand.
0: <laughs> we understand. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, what do you have any... Do you want to do takeaways? Yeah. Um no. What's my takeaway from it? Yeah, I like where this went. Yes. i You know, I hoping, fell off the rails at the end yeah. with that talk, but yeah, it oh, was, no, no, that the was brilliant. no, that
1: was a brilliant way. <laughs> no, I, I thought it fell off the rails at the beginning, and hopefully, people were listening, and going, You can get there. You guys can get there. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, I think we got to we where did. we needed to go.
0: Yeah. So, the, I expected to get to this. I think it's good to sort of summarize, sort of figure out, especially yeah. if we do, you know, the whatever we end up tiling up, the, um, yeah, getting people who are are new to to this wondrous podcast to kind of have a bearings on the general stuff. I think is good mm. cuz otherwise we might get too too detailed, but um that's yeah. inside baseball talk and not not necessarily uh worthy of be, of even talking about it now. But um yeah, I like that it went from the summary and then back into like the full picture, like the the good version of it. Like yeah. the, like the the redeemable form of the fundamentalist, which is a term that you used that I really liked. Um yeah, I like it a lot. It's yeah. it's about fun and passion, and it's, it sounds all very um, uh, gray and very depressing and also like, oh, there's always a lack. But um, at the core of it, I think, of what we're talking about is a embracing of all of life and all
1: of its colorful people. Very nice, very nice. And my takeaway, you know, is pretty much, I suppose, what I said near the end there is going like, yeah, there's – we kind of often start off like a fundamentalist in a traditional sense. We think we've got the answer or we think we've, we've worked it all out and whatever. And then we get disillusioned and we go, no, you know, every time I've tried to find the answer or get the thing, it doesn't work. And then through a lot of hard work and effort and luck, we can sometimes get to the place of going, oh, hold on a second. The, this, this realist thing that I really want, the sacred object, it doesn't exist and it doesn't not exist, it exists in its non-existence. It's something that is very real for me and yet it lacks one property and that is it's not there. But it has these other properties that inspire me and spark me and the struggle for it and the struggle with it is what enriches life and makes life beautiful. And um, fantasy is really what covers over that reality, what covers over that truth. So, yeah, that's the move. And that's maybe what the new fundamentalists are. The new fundamentalists are the people who embrace the, the this lack, this this uh, fr- fracturing, this this antagonism, and believe that in doing so, uh, we can positively impact the lives of ourselves, the lives of those around us, and even the political world.
0: Yeah, it animates your life. Yes, it Just, animates your life. And, and, and ultimately- And like other yeah. things that are animated, like cartoons, it's not real
1: yeah <laughs> there you go. And, and if and if we're able to do this you, you there are societies and ways to structure society that are able to tarry with and come to terms with this with this lack and uh and i think they're healthier communities for it. love it thank you
0: everybody and we will see you next week